Well, I'm back. Seems that since we talked last, um, my little cheese might have slipped a little off my cracker, and I had to get myself back together. Um, fact, this is the first time I've even attempted because as the cheese had slipped off my cracker, um, even the thought of talking with you guys gave me anxiety. I was like, fuck, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. So, apparently, when your cheese slips off your cracker, (laughs) it makes, and my cheese didn't fall completely off, it just slipped a little. But things had been a little rough, um, and I had become so engulfed in watching the news that I've even had to quit doing that. And while I know we, over the episodes, have talked a lot about shit in the news, I'm going to leave that lay for a little bit and just talk general shit that pisses us off as Gen Xers. Doesn't necessarily have to be news shit. Um, recently, I'd been working at a job, and I referenced Pepe Le Pew. The 12-year-old, who was my boss, ostensibly, had no clue. Which, you would have thought that alone would have made the cheese fall off my cracker. That should have actually made it completely fall off and roll across the floor. But it didn't, <laughs> thankfully. Um, I had to show him a picture. I mean, I'm I'm questioning what kind of life this... I don't even know. I guess he, at least, I would think he's too young to be a millennial because he's 30. So, whatever that is, Gen Y, Gen Z, I fuck, I don't know. But did they not watch cartoons? Did they not watch Bugs Bunny? I mean, does he not know Bugs Bunny? Is he first cartoon transvestite? I mean, come the hell on. Anyway, I had to show him that. That should have made my cheese slip off my cracker. Uh, <laughs> wow. But that is something I guess they don't warn you about the older you're getting. If you've already been prone to depression and anxiety, and I have my entire life, um, that apparently <laughs> middle age and menopause <laughs> comes with the fun of not only the hot flashes, that, whoo, you are going to burst into flame. God bless. I can combust at any given moment into flames. Uh, what do they call that? Self-immolation or some shit? No, I guess that's when you actually set yourself on fire purposely. I don't do it. My body does it. Uh, but apparently, all that shit comes along with the added benefit of your hormones being all out of whack and goofy as shit. Make cheese slip off your cracker if you're already prone to a little bit of that shit. And I'm not trying to make fun of mental health. Trust and believe I have been in and out of therapy since I'm 14. So trust me, I understand. And I'm a firm believer in you get your body checked up once a year at a minimum. I'm thinking most of us need to do our mind the same way. But um, it got pretty rough, um, and menopause contributes, and that is not, you know, when I did the episode with my check engine light came on, you know, I was definitely not gatekeeping certain things that everybody doesn't talk about. Well, 
That was one I didn't even know anybody should have talked about is, whoo, if you're already a little on the cheese might slip off the cracker side. And menopause will add right the fuck to it. And, you know, for people who don't get it, you know, and I have a friend, I swear to God, if she says one more time, because she's 10 years, almost 11 years older than me, I didn't have hot flashes. I didn't have hormonal shifts. Well, good the fuck for you. Okay, I am. So, don't tell me you didn't. I don't care. Stop that. Who gives a shit? Look at me and empathize. Pretend you were empathizing, if nothing else. But do not look at me and go, well, that never happened to me. Bitch. Good. Shut up. But, whew, that is one, and I'm not going to gatekeep it. Oh, my God. If you have been prone in your life at any time to the cheese slipping off the cracker, and you go into menopause, you need to keep close check on that shit. Because it will ring your bell. And so I had to sit back and take some stock of what was contributing to not only the hormones causing it, but what other things in my life. And turns out that my constant, and this has been over the course of my entire life, this isn't just because I was having conversations with you guys, but over the course of my life, I've always been a news junkie. My dad was a news junkie. My mother was a news junkie. We had conversations about the news from the time I was old enough to carry on a conversation. But I came to realize that that constant watching and listening and internal dialogue that I constantly have in my head with the snide, snarky comments about anything in the news or in life in general, but just, you know, when pertaining to the news, whoo, that started contributing. I've had to stop watching it. Um, I do still skim the headlines and look at some stories, but I am not so immersed in it that I know every little single dingle fact in the world. Um... Because it was causing the anxiety to be worse. The depression to be worse. And I'm going to be serious for a minute. And then we'll be on to some more funny. But if you are feeling that, you need to let somebody know. Um, I wasn't at first. Not even my psychologist. Because I, and I can't honestly sit here and say why. Because especially my psychologist who is a retired homicide detective before he became a psychologist I mean let's face it who else can you be open with fuck he's seen the worst of the worst of the worst of human behavior and so that you know that definitely gives you a sense of freedom because you know you're not going to say anything that's going to shock him and this coming from someone you know you all know I'm direct and say it like it is and I say what everybody's thinking I've broken several psychologists and psychiatrists in my life. (laughs) I hate it when I break one, but I've broken them. Him, I can't. And it's a sense of freedom. You can say whatever the hell you want because you're not going to shock this person. But even he, I wasn't saying anything to. And it got to the point I didn't want people at the house. I didn't want to have to talk to people. I wanted to isolate. 
and that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing when you've got to talk yourself into simply taking a shower or talk yourself into just going to the grocery store. And thankfully, I realized where it was going and how bad it was getting and started talking openly, excuse me, with the hiccups to the psychologist about it and made some internal changes as well with myself and back on the track of things are better now. And I will be honest, this probably is going to be not my greatest podcast with you guys because I am a little nervous. Um, I kept knowing in the last week I needed to get back because I missed it. But I also was so nervous to come back. Um, So this one's going to be a little herky-jerky, a little disjointed maybe. Not my best, so bear with me while I get my feet back under me. But I was still checking the analytics. I want to thank everybody. You all kept listening to some of them over and over. And God, I appreciate that. And um, one thing I had noticed, and that's also prompted a change. My highest rated episode has been my check engine light came on. And you know, that had no shit, nothing to do with anything that was going on in the news, in the world, nothing. It was just simply me saying shit everybody thinks and doesn't talk about and so we're gonna do some more of that and (laughs) fact uh my psychologist had said (laughs) to me I should be on the real housewives of my particular town and I said you know I I don't think I would work because I'm the person that does say what everybody else is thinking Oh, I'd either be the fan favorite or the most hated housewife. And these housewives talking shit across the dinner table to each other. I would jerk a bitch across the table if they talked to me like that. I was watching a rerun of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and this Erica Jane woman getting all spicy with this girl Sutton and, I mean, talking to her with her teeth jerked out. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I mean, if she didn't talk to me like that, number one, I'm afraid I'd have burst out laughing in her face because she looks so fucking ridiculous. But secondly, when she looked at me and said, what are you going to do? I'd have been like, bitch, I'm about to help you meet God. You know, so I would be, <laughs> I don't think I could do this if I were them. I would be like, the fuck did you just say? So, like I said, I'd either be the fan favorite or the world's most hated. But I will say, that little Erica Jane girl does make for some good TV. Uh, that bitch crazy. But um, she has been, and I was going to, and that's why I'm going to say this plays into what I was talking about with the serious. Um, she is upfront about this season about talking about her struggle with mental health issues. And if you watch the... Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, you know that her husband was the Aaron Brockovich lawyer and he got a bunch of shit for embezzlement and she got kind of roped into it by virtue of being his spouse. And I think she's been kind of let go from any culpability as far as she participated. Now she needs to give that shit back. It was bought that stolen money. But what the fuck ever. 
But she has now this season come back and been very upfront about dealing with her mental health issues and is actually on the show showing herself with her psychologist or psych hers may be a psychiatrist, I don't remember, but her mental health professional that she sees regularly. And regardless of my opinion with her and the embezzlement that her husband and all that did, it, it, that's immaterial. I applaud that she is saying, look, it's mental health issues. You know, and I don't understand the stigma around it. Um, I think more people would be much better served and much happier in this life if there wasn't the stigma to stand up and go, you know what? I take my crazy pills. I see my psychologist or psychiatrist, whichever, you know, but choose service your mental health. We are all about eating all these superfoods to take care of our bodies and live to be, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm doing it too. My last bad habit is a little bit eating a little bit of sweets and smoking, and I'm about done with both of those. Hopefully, I will kick them both in the next year. Now, don't, I'm not giving up my coffee. But, you know, we're all about making our bodies live as long as humanly possible. Botox to look like our fake ages and our mental health is going all to shit while the outside looks fucking great. I'm here to tell you, my outside could look wonderful and I could parade around like Dolly did in that outfit. I would be wearing that outfit if I looked like Dolly. Hell, I wouldn't even wear that much of an outfit. She wore more than I would have if I looked like her. But in the meantime, our mental health's going to shit. You know, we are depressed, we're anxious, we're any myriad of things. But the outside looks great. And we need to superfood our mental health like we're superfooding our bodies. And that is a conclusion I have come to. Um, I had to come to the conclusion of setting boundaries. That was something that was contributing to my mental health issues. I was not setting boundaries with some people that were close in my life to where I had to. And granted, one of the people I, of those group that I said it with kind of got a little snide and a little snarky about it and even tried the other day, but I let it pass. Um, but I had to for my own sake. And that was something that we all need to realize. We give so much of ourselves that we've got nothing left for ourselves if we're not recharging and setting these boundaries. So I did. And I tried to explain to the person, look, yeah, I am the most introvert, extroverted introvert you're ever going to meet. But if I'm on, I'm on. But then I need that time to unplug and recharge. And I've been allowing you talking to that person, to intrude upon that time that I need that solitude to recharge. Sorry, but I can't do that anymore. And like I said, it was a little bit of a thing, and it was definitely tough, you know, in the beginning, but now the boundaries in place. Like I said, there was one little snarky comment this past week, but I, again, let it pass. I'm getting even better at that. that not everything needs my comment and my witty repartee. But setting that boundary made me feel better. It gave me time for some self-care routines of taking the bath and soaking and listening to my jazz. And I will tell you, if you're somebody that suffers from anxiety, if this may not work for you, but it works for me, that hardcore bebop 
improvisational jazz. Now, I'm not talking that Kenny G bullshit. I'm talking Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk, Coltrane, hardcore improv bebop jazz. Actually, when you're feeling anxious, can help. There is something about those sounds that shouldn't go together and do. And the chaos of it making this beautiful melody that seems to help my anxiety. So if you're struggling with anxiety, give it a shot, man. It's worth a shot. And of course, pink noise, green noise, and brown noise, I have found out are lifesavers. That's kind of like the superfood for your mind. And the superfood for your mind needs to be that self-care. Whatever your self-care looks like. That needs to be there for you. That's the superfood for your mind. You're feeding your body the kale and the beets and the this and the that and shooting the Botox and the filler in and you look, your fake age, you're feeling your fake age physically and mentally you're feeling like shit. It's time to start feeding the superfood to the mind. That is something I've learned in the last three or four months and what even made me realize how bad it was getting, I had been invited to a very prestigious party very famous basketball coach, uh, beautiful multi-million dollar home this party was at. I had really looked forward to it. And the day of, I had such anxiety about going and being out of my comfort zone of my home and the self-isolation. I did go. I made myself go and had a wonderful time. But that was the... I guess the kickstart, the the finding moment, if you will. I mean, whatever you want to call it of shit. The cheese has slipped. And like I said, cheese didn't fall completely off. It's not like I was in the quiet hospital with that nice little wraparound jacket or anything. Giving myself a hug. But it was the catalyst for me to realize what first acknowledge I realized the catalyst for me to acknowledge to myself and to others what was happening and I'm glad I had the catalyst uh again I apologize like I said this when I'm a little nervous being back with you guys and that's odd because I mean I've spoken in front of thousands of people at any given point I've been on news programs that have reached hundreds of thousands of people and I've never nervous and I'm not nervous as far as the speaking part I'm nervous just because I'm getting back into a routine of something that did bring me joy that I had let go and I will tell you guys if you are having any mental health issues and you're afraid to speak out to those around you you leave me a message I will be somebody who will reach right back to you as somebody who definitely has struggled in my lifetime with mental health issues, with depression and anxiety. I will be the first to tell you there's nothing to be ashamed of. It can be caused by many things and it's nothing to be ashamed of. So if you are at any point suffering, you reach out to me. I will get you any help you need gotten, whether it's the National Suicide Hotline number, someone that you can talk to, or you just want to converse with somebody like myself in the comments. I will be the person, and 
I will converse with you because I don't want to see anybody suffer. So just know if you need to reach out and you're afraid to reach out to those around you, you leave me a comment. This is a safe space. You, I am safe. I will be there for you. Now, I do want to talk about some funny. The only one thing I got to mention about the news that really cracked my shit up was the Donald Trump trial in the hell. I don't even know if it's still going on in New York with that Judge Ergon or whatever his name is. But he, when Don Jr. and Ivanka and Eric had to testify and Trump screaming about his children, oh, leave the kids out of it. Like they're four. Uh, uh, they have beards, not Ivanka. I mean, Ivanka might, maybe she shaves, but they got beards. They're adults. They help run your business. They're not kids. Shut the fuck up. That shit did crack me up. And I thought that was kind of funny that he wanted his kids left alone while he's bashing everybody else. I thought that was kind of funny. But in all, <laughs> one thing I did, <laughs> I have been watching some reels lately, which is something I'd also stop doing during the depression and anxiety. I pretty much stopped doing everything, but it, existing by breathing. Um, I ran across this guy in reels talking about the shit we grew up with in the 80s that was awful. Okay, awful, I thought he used kind of a harsh term. They were just different. It wasn't awful. It was different. One of the things he talked about, of course, was the lawn darts. Okay, yeah, we might have got stabbed, but we were fine. I'm not exactly sure where that was awful. I mean, I see why they took it off the market. Don't get me wrong, because people now are idiots and would use it as a weapon. But we weren't. We were just throwing it up in the air to see if we could outrun it before it got down and stabbed us. I mean, and I thought, dude, why are you bashing? I look at today's kids. They don't get to do fun shit. We rode our bikes every damn where. We built forts. One of my favorite games as a kid was... um Red Rover. And, I mean, we knocked people down playing that. Uh, King of the Hill. I have thrown more people I didn't like in the 80s down a hill. Because I didn't fucking like them. <coughs> and I'm thinking, dude, you are harsh in our generation. And this guy's my age, so he is true Gen X. It's not like he's on the cusp down there with being a millennial. Dude is in the center of Gen X. He must have been on the soft side of Gen X. Because, damn. And these new soft people, <laughs> my son is part of that generation. And thank God, he's been raised by me. There isn't shit soft about this kid. Example, eight years old, he says something to me one time about his dad and I being married. I said, your dad and I were never married. He said, well, I thought you'd be married to make a baby. So you get to look at the eight-year-old and go, well, ideally, yes, you should, but no. That doesn't, no, that, no. Not being married is not a form of, form of birth control, son. Uh, so my kid has been raised by me, who is just blunt, frank, sarcastic, and direct. So my kid's not soft like a lot of his generation. Begin raised by me. And my best friend, which he calls aunt, um... 
so that you know he's not necessarily included in this and not all are i mean kids raised by us gen x parents those kids didn't stand a chance to be soft because well we're not cuddly we're like the porcupine of generations but i look at these kids they're missing out on shit by by, by being so damn soft like oh my god you need a gen x parent and you can tell these kids my son's age, the Gen, what is it, Gen Z, that are being raised by millennials and after. Um, <laughs> here, little Johnny, is little tissue, and here, honey, let mommy give you some granola. Hell, I was out for, we were out as kids at foraging in the woods for some shit. Our acorns were our granola. You know, we rode our bikes everywhere. We played King of the Hill. We played war. You know, Short sticks were your handguns, long sticks were your long guns, and poke berries, if you grew up in the South, were your blood, which parents hated, because that shit will not come out of clothes. Thank God you were wearing your play clothes outside. Because that was your blood, and you got shot. You send a kid out there, now they'd be like, um, no, that's politically incorrect. No, it's a stick. You know, our generation, we're not kidding when we, you know, tell people our toy of, in the 80s, we had a stick. That was true. We had a stick and we used it for all kinds of things. It was a gun. It was a a candle. I mean, I don't know. We made up shit all the time of what our stick was. And I was looking back at some pictures, you know, it's the holiday season. And I had seen, I like this page on Facebook, something called, I don't know, Memories of Kitschy Christmas or some shit. I don't even know. I'll try to look it up and let y'all know next time if you want to take a look. And it's primarily pictures from our generation of growing up in the 70s and 80s with the Christmas trees. And oh my God, I had such a loving flashback. And I thought, oh my God, I missed that. Seemed like we were out of school three weeks. I can remember losing... Who remembers? Y'all jumping the Wayback Machine with me. Who remembers? You lost track of what day it was. Was it Monday or was it Friday when we were on Christmas break? We know what day of the week it was. Especially, we knew Christmas Day was coming. I mean, come on. We know what day Christmas Day of the week it was on. We knew it was the 25th and we knew. But we didn't know was that a Saturday or was that a Monday. We didn't give a shit it was Christmas Day. But all the lead up of going to the parade and, play, you know, we had several snows here, even in the south where I'm at, of Christmases that were white and we were out playing in the snow and probably building a snow fort with our snow gun. But all these things and I thought, oh my God, we miss out on that now. These kids don't know what that's about because it's all about now the expensive Gift Now, don't get me wrong, all of us our age remember 1983 when our mamas were out there fist fighting for the Cabbage Patch doll. But it wasn't that we, we weren't asking for these huge expensive things. Hell, my kid thinks I'm running bricks for Escobar over here because, damn, his Christmas list, he, he truly must believe I work for Pablo and I am running some bricks. But instead of working in a law firm... He really, truly believes I'm on the other side of the law. (laughs) 
But, you know, we weren't asking for shit like that. You know, we were all about the experience of it, which I'll have to give my kid. He has been since he's little. He loves the experience of it. He, don't get me wrong. He loves the presence, too. But he's all into the whole experience. I think it's because I kept it kind of like it was when we were in the 80s. You know, of the cookies and the candy. I mean, we all know when the nut bowl came out with the mixed nuts that you had to crack. I still love that shit. I learned, my dad taught me how to crack two walnuts in my hand together. That was kind of cool. By the way, that shit don't work with a Brazil nut. I'd still be over here trying to crack that shit 40 years later. But you knew that came out. The candies came out, those little Christmas tins that had candy in them and cookies and all those. You know, they were red and they had the little Christmas thing on the top. Don't pretend you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and it was exciting. You drove around and saw the Christmas lights. Don't act like you're all mamas and daddies didn't load you up in the car and drive you to the big neighborhoods that had the huge Christmas light spectaculars, which my neighbor, I have my next door neighbor's Clark Griswold, which I love. And little story, he grew up fairly poor um, in Indiana, and he his mother would take him, and they had to go, he lived in a big city, um, fairly big city, I, from what I understand. But anyway, they would get on the public bus transportation and they would go look at Christmas, you know, ride and look at Christmas lights. And he had vowed when he grew up, he would be the house that people came to see. And he is. And he adds to it every year and whew, you almost got to sleep with a lamp on in your room or it's it's like sleeping in daylight if you don't. I might get some blackout curtains, but I love it. And then, you know, I tease that he is Clark Griswold, but his has a good story behind it. But, um, you know, we all went and saw the Christmas lights. We did all these really cool things. And now it's about parties and hustle and bustle and stress and oh my God. No. And thankfully that is not something I have pushed with my kid. We always still went and saw Christmas lights. We make cookies. In fact, next week I'll start making candy and cookies to give as gifts to certain people and my kid has participated in that since he was three and loves it and has been talking about, he's been pushing me to buy, start buying stuff to make the candy since October. Like, dude, seriously, don't need it yet. <laughs> but we need to get back to that. Um, we need to get back to happy Christmases that are cool with lights and Presents that don't cost a million dollars. And like I said, my kid's not immune from that. He thinks, I, like I said, that I'm running bricks for Pablo over here. But he also loves the trappings of decorating and the candy making and the music and going to see the Christmas lights. I can't get him to go to a parade and I can't get him to go back to ice skaters because four, year, five, four years ago, we went watch the ice skaters in our city. It was really cool. You can sit, and they've got little places you can buy hot chocolate, and there's little food trucks. And, I mean, it's just a really cool experience. And the music's playing, and you're watching the ice skaters, and he and I were making fun of the ones that fell down. Because, well, that's who we are. And two days later, he went roller skating and <laughs> broke his leg in three places. So, he's not been so keen to go back to that. And if we do 
go this year, I'm going to, we're not going to make fun of people because, well, apparently karma caught up with our ass. But we also, last Saturday, went to Macy's shopping and just seeing the lights and the decorations helped my anxiety and my depression. And hearing the people say Merry Christmas. And while the hustle and bustle was there, God knows, it was a cool hustle and bustle. People weren't hateful at each other. And maybe we need to get back to a little more of that. And this one's going to be a short one. This is going to be our normal hour. I'm going to read sign off from you guys. But one thing I have learned in the last few weeks, well, okay, months, um, even when you're sad, even when you're depressed, even in your, when you're anxious, three minutes out of a day of a good laugh does some good for you. Um, it really does raise the feel-good hormones in the brain. Relieves a little bit of anxiety. And I mean, we got to laugh, guys. I hope next episode, um, be a little funnier, a little less disjointed. My nerves will be back under control. Um, so hopefully you'll get some laughs from me too. But laughing is essential in this world. Laughing is essential for good mental health. Unplugging. Whether it's reading a good book, soaking in a tub, talking with a friend, watching a favorite comfort show, even if it's from the 80s. Which, by the way, I'm figuring out a lot of them aren't holding up as well as I had hoped. But they're still good to watch. Um, But do something every day. It's a superfood for your mental health. And don't be ashamed to ask for help. Don't be me. Don't get so caught up in, I'm strong, I'm tough, I can do this. Where you let your cheese start slipping. And you're just existing. Which is what I did for a few months. I existed. Wasn't living, I existed. And... Life's awful short to exist. Life's awful short not to laugh. Life's awful short not to eat that piece of cake, drink that cup of coffee, watch that favorite show. I don't care if it's a show from now or a show from 40 years ago. Do what makes you feel good. Do what gives you some self-care. Do what helps your mental health and is a superfood for your mental health. And again, if you're, you don't have anybody to reach out to or you're embarrassed, sometimes it's easier to reach out to a stranger who's just a voice on a podcast. You leave me a comment, I'll do everything I can to make sure you get some help. But once a day, guys, do something that makes you feel good mentally do something that's self-care for your body your mind and your spirit we'll be talking in a couple days hopefully a little less disjointed a little more funny a little less nerves on my part and we'll be back in a role of it's funny it's cool don't expect much news anymore um just skimming the headlines. I might make a rift comment here or there. 
you know, kind of like I did about Trump and his boys. But it's just going to be feel good for a while. It's just going to be funny. Any topics you want to talk about, put them in the comments. I'm here for you guys. But take good care of that mind, body, and spirit. Live with a little peace every day. Set that boundary that needs to be set. And feel good. And be happy. Talk soon.